Ryan didn't know I was going to do this, but come up here. I want to share a testimony on, of what happened to Ian. This is my friend from childhood. It's my best friend's little brother. And um, we met over the Ford Raptor. If I'd have never bought that Ford Raptor, I wouldn't have met Ryan again. And the Lord told me to take the truck after I bought it from Pastor Mark to Ryan. I said, Lord, I am not doing that. Ryan throws turbos on people's trucks and burns out and puts videos on Instagram and racism. And I give him my truck. It's going to be like in a ditch somewhere in Lake County. But I met Ryan, and the Lord said, I want you to call him and take the truck to him. So we met, and Ryan uh, ended up giving his heart to Jesus a few years ago. Yay! Now, now when, I, when I get around Ryan at work, what do you tell the guys when I come around? Uh, tell him that. Go to Justin, you'll get saved. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan makes the, me, what do you, we usually like make them say, hey, go get prayer. Yeah, whenever they have a bad day, I'm like, text Justin, you'll be feeling better. <laughs> so so um, we, um, Ryan's always helping somebody. Every time he turns around, he was helping somebody before he even gave his heart to Jesus. And I said, you know, you're, it's a spiritual law. You're always giving to people, helping these guys, getting their lives back on track. And I said, man, and he's blessed. And I thought, I got to start giving more because I'm hanging around him. And he's, got, he's just so blessed. And then next thing you know, I'd be at his house, and there'd be guys in and out of the house that he's helping all day long, just showing up, making their payments on their trucks and whatever. He start, helps them start businesses. And so we met a guy named Ian, or you did on Facebook yeah. Marketplace. Yeah, I met him over uh, fixing a truck that he had issues with. And then... Um, I met Ian through you, That's correct. Yep. and um, Ryan told me one day, he said, if you ever want to, because Ryan buys lots of Mustangs, he's a Mustang guy, and he said, if, he told me, and this is all by the Holy Spirit, he said one day, if you ever want to borrow the Mustang, call me. Well, this is what went on for a few years, I like never, yeah, two years, never borrowed the Mustang, yep. and um, one day I got invited by a family to go out to um, the river, and I was eating lunch with him at Evermore, and I was praying in the Spirit all the way there, because it's an hour drive to his work. And um, I just kept praying. I said, Lord, I'll go to the river with this pastor's family if I get to borrow the Mustang. I don't know where that came out of my mouth. <laughs> but I, I said, oh, okay. So you know what? I got to lunch, and I, we were eating lunch, and I said, Ryan, I want to borrow a Mustang. And I, I said, do you have one? And you said, no, I don't. But, or you said, I kind of do. Yeah. And you said, so you made a phone call, and you said, Ian, bring the car up here right now. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just said, bring it up right now. So Ian shows up, which I've met him before. Yep through Ryan. And um, Ryan hands me the keys and says, take the Mustang, no charge, take it to Tampa, do whatever you want with it. Now this is all, and I'm thinking I'm just getting blessed by the Holy Spirit. And I took the Mustang and I didn't know why I was taking it. But the more you're praying in the Spirit, which is crazy because I'd have dreams about him all the time. And I said, I think our destinies are connected. Ryan has like probably gotten me to get at least seven or 10 people born again. Because every time I get around him, he's like, Justin needs to pray for you. He goes, I told my guys to go get prayer, and then you're going to get Jesus in you, and then you're going to do a better job at work. And <laughs> so it, it did happen to one of our guys. Yeah, so he's the boss at work, and uh, it's great to have a boss that's full of Jesus. But he's also a huge giver, and he follows the Holy Spirit. So what happened is I took the Mustang for a weekend, and then he said, hey, if you want to throw Ian some money, that's fine. He says, because he needs the help. I want to help him start his business. So the one, this is Ian. Uh, Ryan's friend that Ryan introduced me to, and I, I want to say this, the picture before was me and my Bible. The Lord told me the day I was going to return it, take your Bible with you. Ian's going to receive Jesus tonight. And I didn't know, what, and I just took a photo. I didn't really know why. And January the 28th, Ian received Jesus, born again, gave him some books. Two nights ago, his mother yeah, his mother had called me at 8 a.m., and unfortunately, he got into a motorcycle wreck and had passed away at 8 o'clock, about an hour after I talked to him on the phone. And um, you never know why God's doing something in you. And you're, I mean, I told him, I said, I don't know why I wanted to rent the Mustang. I don't know. I didn't have the money to really to rent it. I should be paying bills. But something's pushing me going, do this, do this, do this. And I'm thinking, okay, this is extravagant. I, why am I, I shouldn't be renting cars. It doesn't make sense. Two nights ago, he passed away. He's in heaven right now. He's in heaven. And Ryan texted his mom, and what did you say to his mom? I told him that uh, Justin had prayed for him in the driveway, and it turns out his mom was uh, big into the church, and she was there that day, and she thanked Justin for it, and she believed that he was in heaven as well. So there's so much peace in the family right now, but she was watching through the window. But 
Pray in the spirit because you don't know where God's taking you. And sometimes you're thinking, this is, why am I doing this today? What? And it's, it takes time out of your schedule, but he's always helping people. And I don't know where I'm going to end up half the time or why I'm doing something. And next thing you know, there, the Lord knew there was going to be a limited time amount before he passed away and he needed to be, become born again. Because yeah. I asked him, so do you know Jesus? He goes, well, you know, I go to church. I said, well, we got to make sure G, you know Jesus. Jesus is going to get up to heaven. He's going to say, well, great, you go to church, but did you know I died for you? And so it takes prayer and taking time and the Holy Ghost and him and I talk about this. I said, it's what matters is people and lives. And and he's big into people, helping people. And every person, like you hadn't gotten them born again, but he says, no, you're going to meet my friend Justin. He's going to get you saved. He's going to pray for you. He's going to do all this stuff. So he keeps sending me guys. But it's just so funny how his heart is to help people which ends up, and we started working together with guys, and I, I saw God do something that I, would, I had no idea why I was doing it. And just the fact that if I had never believed God for the raptor, I would have never met him. And if I wouldn't have followed the Lord and went and had him fix my truck, even though I didn't want him to fix my truck, if I didn't follow the Holy Spirit, Ian wouldn't be in heaven today. You don't always know why you need to follow, and it's not like God's yelling at you and putting signs in the sky. Sometimes it's a dream. Sometimes it's that small, still voice saying, do this, do this. And, and God's not going to scream, but he's just going to say, do it. And I'm like, why, Lord, why? Well, you might be saving someone's life at some point yeah. through a connection, and there's all these connections, and I'm so glad that no matter what my day is, I follow the Holy Ghost and whatever happens, I mean, he's called me before. He goes, had a dream. This is that. We need to get together and do something. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. If that's what the Lord's telling you, let's just do it. Not knowing that somebody's life would forever. I told him, I says, what you did, meeting him and helping him and then introducing me and then letting me use the Mustang, actually saved that man for eternity. Yeah. And over a car yeah. that he gave to Ian to bless him, to help him start a business. And I'm like, I don't, why am I you know, prosperity, people are going to be mad at me for driving a nice car. Maybe the Lord wants you to get somebody born again, and the way to do it is that guy likes Mustangs. I like Mustangs. He likes Mustangs. But it ended up saving someone for eternity. And it's not about the car. It's about what, what following that inward witness. But every time I told him this, we pray in the Spirit because it prays mysteries out. And I pray sometimes an hour, two hours, and I meet the craziest people. I'm in the craziest situations. I never know why. But the Lord, the more you pray in the Spirit, the more he takes control and puts you places. And you can never be too busy for people. But I knew I was quiet that day. And the Lord says, when you return the car to Ian, He's gonna, you're gonna pray with him. He's gonna receive Jesus tonight. He's ready. I thought, he goes, take your Bible tonight. I said, okay. So I got there. I said, I'm in the driveway. The sister's running around. His you know, family's coming in and out. I don't care. I said, you wanna get paid? I'm gonna read you the Bible first and then I'm gonna send you your $150. <laughs> like he says, hold the tip. And I, I read him Romans 10, 9, 10 in the Bible. It says, if you pray this, the Bible says you'll be born again. And he said, okay, let's do it. Amen. We prayed it right Amen. there in the driveway. Amen. I returned the car in from Turo. And next thing you know, this man, I said, we'll see him soon. And his mom will see him. So Amen. that's a testimony. I love you, sir. Amen. Amen. Get your Bibles out and go to Acts 7. My sermon, I don't know if they got the title up there, Making Jesuses. Making Jesuses. What is God doing in you? Do you know? He's doing something. Very often in life, we're just concerned about our day, our families, our businesses, our kids. But God has a greater plan for you, and he's working in you now. The question is, how and why? Justin was just now talking about and he'll go back and tell you the story about how Mark Hankins approached him and, and, and began to minister to him. That, And I've known Justin has a call of God on his life since he was a boy, but I'm a parent. I can't tell him that. I just left him alone. I'm going to leave it to God. If God's not big enough to talk to Justin, he can just, you know, and so I just left Justin alone. God's working in you. In the church today, in, in the American church 
and I can't, and I know it's not true all over the world, but the American church today, the average Christian is, is just interested in making it through the day and the week and the month. And, and, and you, you, a lot of your prayer life is for God to fix problems. But he doesn't fix them all. Boy, y'all went real quiet on me, just dead stone quiet. Why is it that he doesn't jump in and help you with everything? He actually is, but maybe not the way you think he is. So I want to go back for a minute, and, and let, me, let me go back to my title here for a minute. In American churches, we've heard this preached. I've heard it all my life. Come to Jesus, go to heaven. That is a tiny piece of truth. It is not the truth. It is a tiny piece of truth. God is not just interested in getting you to heaven when you die. He's interested in getting you into the image of Jesus. He didn't do everything that he did. And you're born again, went to the cross, died on the cross, rose from the dead, conquered death, hell, and the grave just to get you a mansion. What he's interested in is a family. Jesus is a prototype of a new race. And what God is interested in is making you as close on this side of heaven as to Jesus as he can. When you understand that, all of a sudden, a lot of things that God is doing in you make sense. Okay. Now, let me, let me, let me go back in, in time for a minute what is, what's in the world today, we have problems. We have big ones. Hamas, Hezbollah, the Jews, uh, Ukraine, China, uh, it, Washington, D.C., it's a mess. Okay, what is the primary problem in the earth? What is, if we could nail the problem to one thing, what would it be? Man doesn't want to be ruled by God. Man, as a general rule, doesn't want anybody to tell him what to do. As a general rule. So what you're watching in Hamas is, don't tell us what to do. We will shed our own blood. You can shed it if you want to. But you're going to go to hell when you die. You see, a lot of times when we come to church, you hear, come to Jesus, pray a simple prayer, get born again. That's really kind of a blind way of saying it. Here's, here's what's really happening. You're making a decision over who is boss, God or you. And that's what you're doing. When you go back in the Bible and you're reading the Garden of Eden, we see Satan showing up. Talking to Adam and Eve. What was Satan's big issue with God? Don't tell me what to do. I'll do what I want to, when I want to, how I want to, if I want to. And we see God kicked him out of heaven. If you die and he's not boss, he will not be boss for eternity. You say, I don't want him? Don't die like that. Because you'll get your wish. That's called hell. Now, most people don't, you've gone to church all your life, never heard anybody preach on hell. But Jesus preached on hell all the time. If you're not born again, hell awaits you. Eternity without God awaits you. If you don't want him now, you won't have him then. Do you understand that? So, in the Garden of Eden, what really happened that day was this. Satan comes down and said, what did God say? Well, he said, don't eat of that tree. He said, well, let me just tell you something. I don't do what he says. You're just God's boy. The real temptation was for Adam to make his own decisions apart from God. And Eve went, oh, the tree looks good. Just because the woman next door looks good doesn't mean she's yours. Just because that piece of pie looks good doesn't mean it's yours either. You can't go by the way things look. So, so Adam and Eve, 
it, it wasn't an apple. Might have been a banana for all I know. What it was was I will make my own decisions. And we read the story and it cost him. But the story of Adam and Eve is not just the story of Adam and Eve. It's the story of every human being that's ever lived. You've had a day when you went, I know what God said, but I'm, I'm pro-Israel. I, want, I think we ought to put a sign up there that says, we're for it. We stand with Israel. But listen to me. They rejected him too. I want, I want you to read this. Acts 7, 27. I want, you to, I want you to see this in your Bible. I think it's, I'm started in 28. I mean, I'm going to read 25. Suppose that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. They didn't understand. The next day appeared the two of them were fighting and tried to reconcile and said to you, brethren, why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away and said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Hey, you're talking to Moses. Hey, buddy, who died and made you God? Do you understand that is the primary issue with the Jews? Boy, it's, it's quiet in this Baptist church, but it's okay. I've been preaching to Baptists all my life. God, God. has a will and a plan for you. God has a plan for you. But you also have a will. And you can say yes, and you can say no. The Jews, I want you to think about this for a minute. Here, Messiah shows up. It's obvious he's not like everybody else. He walks on water. He even tells storms what to do when they mind. It's obvious he's the boss. He raises the dead, heals the sick, blind. And then they went, you are not our boss. That's just strong. And they nailed him to a cross. Don't tell me what to do. All right, this is the issue in the world. Now, we're going to come to Jesus when you walk into a church and you go, Jesus is Lord. Thank you. Say amen. amen. We now know you're sitting here, you're born again. That means that Jesus paid and fixed everything in you that was broken, amen. except your soul. And he still has issues with it. I'm going to come over here and preach. And you have issues with it. What you may not realize is God is working on you right now to develop you into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with some of you, he's having a harder time than others. All of you should be going, amen. Even me. I would love to tell you I've never disobeyed God, but I'd be a liar and I'd have to go to Washington and be a congressman. <laughs> Matthew 8, 5. Go to Matthew 8, 5. I think. Yeah, Matthew 8, 5. Oh, let me get over there. Now, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came and pled with him and said, Lord, my servant lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, well, I'm going to come and heal him. And the centurion said, I, I, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof. You speak a word, my servant will be healed. I also am a man under authority. I am a man under authority. How did Jesus do what he did? He's under authority. He didn't do what he did alone. If God did not do it through him, it would not have gotten done. The, the, the issue that Satan has more than any other issue on this planet is the word authority. He lost it, and he hates the fact that you can tell him what to do. So he'd rather you learn anything except your authority. But he calls authority faith. 
He said, I am a man in authority, and I am under authority. The reason I'm in authority is I'm under authority. Christianity doesn't work if you're not under authority. It doesn't. You can pray all you want to till you're blue in the face. And until you're doing what he told you to do, he's not changing the Bible for you. This, this morning, Chloe did a great job preaching. And, and she made a statement. We have this list. God, I need a healing. God, I need some money. God, I need this. And God, I need this. Maybe God has a list. There's a lot of things I'd like to get out of you. He's got prayer requests for you. And see, we come to church because we have things we want God to do. And he's not as interested in doing all of them as you think he is. Until he can get a little cooperation. Okay. Okay, I'm doing pretty good here. Go to Jude 1.4. Jude 1, pop it on the screen. I'm going to show you something in the Bible. And certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who have turned the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word Lord God right there is not the same word for Jesus as Lord. It is the Greek word boss. I don't mind being a Christian, but I'm going to tell you one thing, God. You're not the boss. You might think, I would never do that. Really? All of the Bible you're not doing, you've already told him, I ain't doing that. You know there's scriptures in the Bible I don't like. Bless those who curse you. I like this scripture. Bless them out. Give them a piece of your mind. No, I, you know, there are scriptures that all of us read and go, oh, no, I don't want that. Right? Oh, no, sir, I don't like that scripture. Now, I'm going to tell you where all of this began with me. The other day I was praying. I, I pray a lot over every sermon because outside of the Holy Ghost, I don't have a clue. Y'all think I'm smart. I'm not. I really am not. I'm, the, the older I get the more I have come to realize that without him, I am, you just, you don't want to know anything I think. But you do want to know what he thinks. And I have this responsibility to stand up here and speak for God, and that means that I have to hear from God, and I've got to pray until I get it. And then I'm, I'm, some days I'm desperate because I'm like, you have to give me something. You say, can't you do, oh, I can pull something out of a hat, but I know it's junk and you do too. You're like, that was a terrible sermon, I don't, you know. But there are things that God wants to say. So the other day I'm praying and, I'm, and I got all these scriptures in front of me and I mean, I don't like any of them. And I'm desperate. And I finally turned my phone on, well, I turned my phone on and started watching Facebook. And I, I went on, the, I found this site where this guy, uh, what did I tell you his name was? Randy, Randy something or another. He had a near-death experience and I was just kind of flipping along watching him for a few minutes before I went back praying about what I was supposed to do. And he said that he had a near-death experience and he went to heaven and he had a, a, a blood clot in his leg and he died on the, he'd gone to the hospital and, and he was laying on the table when he, when he left his body and went to heaven. And, and, you know, when people are interviewing, I want, I wish they would understand, we don't care what you think. Shut up. Let the guy that went to heaven talk. Because they all ask stupid questions like, what color were his eyes? It doesn't matter. So Randy's talking about what Jesus said to him, and then he made a statement. He said, you have to go back. You're per you still have purpose. And Randy looked at Jesus eyeball to eyeball, face to face in heaven, and said, what is it? And Jesus said, I won't tell you. And I'm going, Shondai. He said, 
you will have to seek me to find it. And man, I went, I, oh, and, and the Holy Ghost hit me and said, sermon. <laughs> I went, sir, yes, sir. And, and oh, now I want you to do this. Go to Jeremiah 29. Now, now flip away. I'm actually beginning my sermon right now. All of that was just a precursor. Jeremiah 29. The fact that he's standing there and he could tell him and he says, I will not. And he made a statement to him, when you go back, your life, there will be trouble. Just because you went to heaven and talked to Jesus does not mean that you'll live here without trouble. As a matter of fact, I got good news for you. You will have trouble. And American Christians would do anything on the planet to avoid it. And I'm going to say something to you you're not going to like. God actually takes you places where you don't like. And does things with you and takes you to places you don't want to be. Because he's working on you. Say ouch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Listen to this scripture. I'm just now getting started. I know the thoughts I think toward you. This is God talking, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And you'll call on me and you'll pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when, 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 when you seek me with what? All your heart. Now, as a pastor, many of you come, pray for me, I'm going through blah, blah. My answer to you is no. I cannot get between you and your father. The reason God has got you in the place you're in that you don't like, and I'm not talking sickness and disease. Don't, we're not, we, have we got that one down? We're talking about all the places that you, the, you know, if y'all planned your life, you would all look at me and tell me it never went anything like I planned. Because there's a God and you're not him. And you've been places and done things and been, and you're like, I never planned that. And right in the middle of it, you're praying that God will get you out of the mess. And he's saying, no. Because he has to have seasons in your life where you're stopping and going, there is a God and I'm not him. And if he doesn't help me now, I'm in a heap of trouble. It's a shame that he has to take us places and take all the feathers out of the nest before you go, duh. I'm thinking maybe I should pray. And so you do a 10-minute McDonald's, I want a burger and a shake and a fry prayer, and it doesn't work. And you're like, is this going to take longer than five minutes, God? I mean, I'm like busy. And he's like, well, then go on about your hell-driven life until you get ready to come back and have a talk with me. Because you're not going anywhere until you and I get some stuff straight. God is interested in your development more than you are, your paycheck, and and whatever thing you're doing right now. Woo, Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you in a minute how I know this. Because I've had times in my life where, well, I, I just might as well just tell it to you. You know, when I went to Ramah, I was pretty sure everybody wanted to hear me preach. Well, I thought maybe that I would come here and what would happen here would be what it was like when Brother Hagin spoke. And it wasn't. It wasn't anything close to it. I had 
plans. None of them worked. Didn't get any of my plans. So my first story I'm going to tell you is that though I went to Ramah and though I have a call of God on my life, God saw fit to get me a job as a block mason on an all African-American crew. Now, I'm not racist, but you understand that if you don't know something, God might want to teach you something. And that was a rough job. They weren't bad. They weren't mean. But I'm white. And they decided this will be fun. And they used it as an opportunity to make my life miserable. And I prayed, God, I don't like this job. I claim a new one in Jesus' name. (laughs) Guess what happened? Not a thing in the world. Not a thing in the world. I hated that job, Josh Brown. I hated that job. I hated that job. Thought I'd die and went to hell every morning. Just made, they just wanted to make my, they they weren't being mean. They're just having fun at my expense. And I don't like it. Talking about white privilege, it just didn't work real good. After working there about a year or two, the Lord began to, t- began to deal with me. Why don't you get to know these men by a first name? They're not black. They have names. They have families. They have wives. They have children. They're people. And I began to develop a relationship with a culture that was very odd to me. And it was all said and done. Many of them got born again. We sat around and read the Bible and prayed and talked about Jesus. And God used it as a time to develop something in me that wasn't there. A compassion that I did not have. A love that I didn't have. Just because you go to Bible school doesn't mean you have compassion. Because you go to Bible school doesn't mean that you're full of you're full of love for everybody. I passed the test, but in real life, it's different when you work with people who don't like you. I had every job I'd ever had, everybody liked me. But this one, nobody liked me. And I didn't like it and I quit. That's the first story. The second one was this church. Do you realize that every person in this church when I came here was undeveloped? I asked God for ministry, and he gave me a church full of babies. Have you ever noticed when you have children, they do not come out adults? They are undeveloped people. You see, Megan was a baby. Tanya was a baby. Chloe was a baby. Everybody's babies. I was a baby. Don't shout me down. How do you think God planned on developing me? By putting me in a very difficult place. You see, you don't need, you can't develop love without using it. And you can't use it unless you're around people who are not nice. Does that explain the problems you're in right now? Thank you. Say thank you, Jesus, for developing me. You want muscles, but you don't want weight. You want to be skinny, but you want it to be a pill. It's called a gymnasium. (laughs) So Jeremiah 29, 11, I don't know if I ever read it. Let's go there. I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace and give you a future and hope. 
you'll call me and pray to me and I'll listen to you. When you seek me, you'll find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I'll bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from the nations and the places I've driven you. Listen to me. Listen to this. God will never give you a plan that you can do without him. Okay, I got some things I'm going to say here, and I want you all to pay attention. God has a plan, and his plan you can't do without God. God made birds, and he made air for birds. Without air, a bird is a worthless creature. God made fish, and he made water for fish, because without water, a fish is worthless. God, without God, he made humans to walk with God. You were made to walk with God. Without him, you can do nothing. You, your life is worthless without God. And he knows it. But we have this issue. God, follow me. I've got some really good ideas. And God's like, Nah, I don't think I'm going to help you with your plan. I think you need mine. And since you don't know his because you hadn't asked, you get into a place that I call divine dissatisfaction. Have y'all ever had divine? I hate my life. I hate waking up. I hate my job. I hate going to bed. I just hate it. Pastor, say something, because I, I need God to deliver me from the mess. He's not. No, 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 honey. He put you in that mess. Yeah. For you to go, I need help. Yeah. And he's like, Shondai. <laughs> God will never give you a plan that you can do alone. You're either walking with him <laughs> oh, you're just messing up. Here's another one. He'll never give you a plan that does not require faith. Let's go back to what he told the, the Randy in heaven. He said, I will not tell you your purpose. You will seek my face for it. And I'll tell you something else. He'll never give you more than one step at a time. He will not tell you how he's going to do it, and he'll not tell you. He'll just give you one step, and you'll go, okay, God, and it will be impossible. And you'll go, oh, God, that's not possible. And he goes, I know. You need me. Yeah. Welcome home. The older I get, I'm going to talk to Barbara Neff for a minute, because I think she'll understand. The more I pray, you know why? I'm smarter than I used to be. I used to wake up and screw the day up and then go pray. Now I wake up and pray before I screw the day up. Because I've already gotten old enough to go, help. I haven't even gotten out of bed. But I'm going to need some help today. I have learned it without him. I ain't going anywhere. All of God's plans for you will require sacrifice. That went over like a lead balloon. When I married Lisa, she was so undeveloped. I thought I was getting a woman of God, and I did, in the raw. She got her guitar, got up on the stage, and wouldn't even talk. She's the pastor's wife, for Pete's sake. She won't even talk to people in church. This is what you gave me? He said, that's right. Now work with it. And I'm like, I kind of thought there would be some development here. No, there wasn't any. Oh, I had, a, I had, a, I, you know, I had a, a woman who was solid gold, but she wasn't jewelry yet. She was a diamond, but it was, it was in the raw. 
It needed a little bit of popping and knocking and banging on her a little bit. And vice versa. Don't shout me down. When God gave Jesus disciples, they were all fruitcakes. Undeveloped goofballs. And God went, well, here's Peter, mighty apostle. And Jesus went, serious. And Thomas and John, the sons of Zebedee, attacking the Roman soldiers and flanking them at night like the IDF. And Jesus went, really? Yep, make world changers. Don't feel bad. He did the same thing to David. David's king. You know what God did to David right off the bat? Stuck him in the wilderness and said, you are an undeveloped king, but I got work on you like I did Joseph and like I do everybody that I call. And then he gave him 400 disgruntled, broke, dissatisfied, crazy people. And said, here's your army. And, and David went, seriously, develop them. Say, God is developing me. You know, if you and I would work with him, the process would be a little easier. Whew, glory to God. I'm doing real good. You will never find what you're not looking for. So God has to put you in a place to where you're looking for it. You don't need help until one day you wake up and go, I think I need help. <laughs> you see, here's what I'm doing for you this morning. I'm going to teach you to seek God. Seek God. Because you're not going anywhere. Nothing's going to change until you do. Here's another one. You ready? C.S. Lewis, Lewis said, The human spirit will not even begin to try to surrender self as long as all seems well. Someone asked me one time, says, Where did you learn to pray? In hell. Okay. How many of y'all have gone through stuff? And you're like, God, what gives? I mean, bad stuff. And all there is is God. You can talk to people if you want to. They can't help you. And they, and they really don't want to. Because you're an in, your problems are an inconvenience. Hey, I, I, praise the Lord. I pray for you. God bless you. Eh, don't hang around her anymore. She's a mess. <laughs> After a while, it's going to dawn on you that you don't have the friends you say you do. But God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be a friend to you when you don't have a friend. I will always be call on me and I will answer you. And I'm going to tell you something. That's, that's where that deep in you. See, you, you will never have character without trouble. Trouble develops men and women of God. You know why God gives parent, kids to parents? Because you're supposed to teach them that the world does not revolve around them while they're young. That's called discipline. And if they don't do a good job, then you get married and your spouse begins. Thank you. Let me go back to me talking about this church a minute for a minute. When I went to Ramah, everybody shows up at Ramah on fire for God, 
fire for God, loving Jesus, notes in their Bible, just taking notes and coming to church and listening to Brother Hagin. And then I left Tulsa and went, I'm going to go do that too. And I came here to this church and, 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 and nobody had the Bibles and nobody had notes and, and, and nobody really gave a rip what I said. And I went, y'all, God, I, I need another church. These people are crazy. <laughs> and God went, this is it. And I said, I'm in the wrong town. I married the wrong woman. I got the wrong church. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Every one of y'all had these thoughts. I married the wrong man. You know, I told you Lisa needed developing. She did. Boy, that diamond works both ways. She's been doing some cutting on me too. I will tell you this. One of the greatest things I ever did in my life was to take this church. Because it was through the, the hard times. It was through the, the people, the problems and people and stuff and misunderstandings and, that I grew up and became a lot more like the Lord Jesus. But man, did I quit every Sunday. I will never go back in that building again, Heavenly Father. I will not go back. Quitting's not an option. Some of y'all are the biggest quitters. I mean, you quit marriages, you quit jobs, you quit everything. Why don't you just stick long enough to grow up? That is a good word. God desires an intimate relationship with you. God desires intimacy with you. And he will not quit until he gets it. When you wake up in the morning, like Chloe said, good morning, I love you, Father God. You are everything. I love you. If you can't wait to get through with your Bible reading and get out of the house, you need to get saved. Mark Ramos one time looked at me and said, I don't have time to read the Bible. He got locked up and put in jail, and I went by and I said, you got time? He says, yep. <laughs> don't make God put you in jail to get you in to read your Bible, you know. I'm not saying he will. I'm just, <laughs> All right, I'm, just, I'm, doing, I'm doing the best I can here. Go to Hebrews chapter 5 now. How am I doing for time? Oh, great, even me. Are y'all getting this? Are you getting this? When the Lord began to deal with me about this, I, I began to realize how many times God has had to take me and put me in a place that I couldn't wiggle. You understand what I mean by that? It was a hard place. It was... I had no answers. I had no way out. I, it was like he was constraining me, and it forced me to my knees. That's what I mean when I said I learned to pray. I didn't learn to pray in Bible school. I learned to pray going through stuff. When, when Lisa and I got married, I knew I had a call of God on my life. A Christian out of the will of God is probably the most miserable human being alive. You're either full of joy like Chloe or you're full of lemons like, we won't name any names. We're not going to name Come on, y'all. I'm doing good. So, so I married Lisa. Wonderful, beautiful wife. We have a house where Joshua was born. I have a great job. And I hate life. I hate life. I got a call of God on my life, and 
I'm a, I'm a mason, a block mason, a stinking mason. This woman married Kenneth Copeland, and I've turned out to be <laughs> Joe Redneck. No, no, I mean, I was, this was a really serious deal for me. I would go to work during the day, and I had men look at me. Morgan, we wish you'd get right with God. You're making us miserable just hanging around you. I'm being, I'm being serious. What the issue was, I was telling God how I wanted it to be. That don't work. So I'd come home every, every evening and I would work out with weights and I'd go run about two or three miles and go take a shower and Lisa cooked me dinner and I went in Joshua's bedroom and laid on the floor and prayed in the Holy Ghost for hours. I have, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what else to do. I feel sorry for people who never go through problems. I really do. Great faith comes from great trials. If you're in the middle of a trial, just thank God. God's working on your faith right now. He's just working on it. I'm laying in the room at night, and I'm praying, and wasn't long after that, I got in my truck, and I'm driving down the road, and the Lord spoke to me and said, when are you going to do what I want you to do? I said, well, that's what I'm, tr- I, I'm, try- that's what I'm trying to talk to you about. What's, what gives? You're just making me mad. I mean, that's what I've been praying about for, for months. Where have you been? He said, when are you going to do what I want you to do? I said, what do you want me to do? He said, I'm not going to tell you till you tell me you'll do it. I went, no. No. Oh, no. No, God, no. You know, listen to me. There's a real fear that he might ask me to do a Kenneth Hagin and travel and leave my family and pray. And I'm not saying yes to leaving my family. I'm not doing it. Who's running me? I'm running me. It's called a lack of trust. Then he could send me to Russia. Lisa ain't going to Russia. She don't swim in ice. She's a Florida girl. You know, if you hang around Lisa long enough, you'll learn this. Swimming pools, warm water, fish, lobster, shrimp. Everything mermaids eat, she eats. Everything mermaids do, she does. And she can't live nowhere but Florida. Now, she could visit. She loved Hawaii. She went, oh. I said, yeah, I kind of thought you'd like this place. But, you know, I'm not getting her. So, you know, I'm not going to look at God and tell him I'll do it because, because absolutely I'm not. And he said, I said, well, what do you want me to do? And he said, you have to tell me you'll do it. And I went, listen, listen to what I'm going to say to you. I bowed over my steering wheel and I cried like a baby. I wept. And I looked at God and I said, I'm afraid. I am afraid to follow you totally. I don't. It's a lack of trust. The world right now, the church, has a huge lack of trust in God. Finally, I said, I'm afraid. He said, I know you have a family. Trust me. I probably wept a bucket. And over that steering wheel that day, I said, okay. I'll go where you say go, and I'll do what you say do. You have to have these come to Jesus meetings. Wasn't long after that, he asked me to take this church, and I went, no. (laughs) And he said, "Um, do you remember the prayer in the truck? I said, yes. Listen to me. This was hard. This church was hard. Dealing with people was hard. I'm not from a pop car. Where I come from, there's four seasons. Do y'all even know what leaves are, what they look like when they change? Down here, they fall off the trees in the spring because all the leaves push them off. 
Everything smells like fish down there. There is, if, if you're going to follow God, I'm going to say something to you. Your flesh will suffer. But if your flesh isn't suffering, your spirit man is. I want you to understand that. One part of you is suffering. And I told you to go to Hebrews. Let me just read this, 5-7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears, was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his godly fear. And though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. That's Jesus. Jesus learned obedience? You bet he did. God had to get him ready for the cross. Everything God has ever, every place he's ever taken me and everything he's ever taken me through, was to prepare me for the next place. If you're not tough, you'll quit. People walk into church all the time. I have a call God on my life. I said, well, go be a, go be a, a, a greeter. And they go, oh, no, and they leave. Son, if you can't even show up and greet, you, you dang sure ain't getting the pulpit. What kind of idiot do you think I am? But I am not turning the pulpit over to somebody who can't even come to church. Do you think I'm going to put you through a test? Oh, yes, I am. And watch you like a hawk. Because you might turn out good. You might be like Megan over here that turned out good. You might be like Chloe. You actually might have something. Amen. Come on. But not everybody, not everybody does. They just, I want a pulpit, but I, but, but don't ask me to, don't ask me to be a Christian. Don't ask me to wash feet and serve. Boy, never mind. Got one more, 1 Peter 4. I'm trying to close. See, we don't talk about this much. We don't talk about how not everywhere God sends you is going to be a ball. Not everything he asks you to do is going to be a ball of fun. Sometime there's going to be quite the sacrifice. Amen. Yeah. And your flesh is going to go, <laughs> no. Marriage. If you've been married any amount of time, you have suffered. <laughs> married to the perfect person. Lisa, after she married me, she said, this is not what I signed up for. I said, me neither. <laughs> what do you want to do about it? She said, I think we should get our Bible out and go to the other room. I said, yeah, let's go talk to God. <laughs> you know what makes marriage work? Work. Turn Hallmark off and go to work. Because the prince needs to put the horse up and start plowing the field with it, and you need to get out of that kitchen making donuts and make something worth eating. That's marriage. And then when Johnny and, and Lulu come along, you got diapers and poopy and vomit and, and, a, and, you got a, and your sports car becomes a van. And you get to fight over who drives that thing. <laughs> Lisa told me one time, she said, I've had the van for years. I'm getting a Mustang. <laughs> and I had to buy a truck with an extra cab to carry the boys around. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, let me, let me. First Peter 4.1, I told you to go there. For since Christ suffered for you in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind that he who suffered in the flesh has stopped sinning. Dear Jesus, <laughs> living for God is, is the most unselfish thing you'll ever do. If you're going to live for God, self is going to the altar. And you're not always going to get what you want, when you want it, and how you want it. And a man showed up here one day and said, what can this church do for me? 
I said, I can teach you to wash feet. He left. What do you want me to do, son? All I have is to teach you the Bible. And I'm sorry that someone lied to you about Christianity. But Jesus is Lord. And he's the boss. And he thinks he has a say-so in where you go and what you do. <laughs> so I'm going to try to close with this. Listen, listen. This is my whole MO today. Are y'all ready? There's a whole lot of seeking need to be going on. No one is going to get an answer from God for you. <laughs> Shondai. No one is going to tell you what you need to be doing with your life but the Lord, and he's not talking to you until you seek his face. As long as you, see, the biggest problem God has with people is will. That's, his, that's, that's God's biggest issue. Your will is stronger than God. You can go to hell, and he don't want you there, and you can mess your life up. Are y'all out there? Or you can take a knee. Lord, what do you want? That's it. It is it. It is it. And, 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 and all of this came out of me pastoring for 34 years. Let me just listen to me. So many of you come up, and I see you, you, you got issues. And I, and I go, God, I, I can see it. I go home, and I pray for you, and I pray for you, and I pray for you. But if I had one word to say to you, you might want to learn how to pray. Because there's things that God's not going to talk to me for your benefit or anybody else. And he's not even going to talk to you until you hit the knee. I said this one time. We did a great disservice in church when we took altars out. And I, and I understand the whole line you up and lay hands on you thing. I, there's times for that. But I'm going to tell you something there's times for closing out a service and you folks getting up and get, get the band back up here and sing just as I am and you get up here and, and begin to pray and seek God. There are things that counselors can't help you with. Number one, you're not telling them the whole story. And some people you don't want to tell them unless you want everybody to know it. And there's some things only you can some things, the only person you can talk to is God. You're the only person you can talk to is God. And he said, you call on me, and I will answer you. You seek me, you will find me. I don't know any other way to teach you how to be a Christian. Even Jesus had to seek God. If he had to, you bet we do. Father, I, I came in here this morning. My heart, you, I know you love us. I know you love me. I know you love every one of us in this room. We've got this idea that we're just going to go through life and you're just going to jump up and answer every little thing. And, and, and it doesn't work that way, Father. I think it's time for us to come back to scriptures like this and realize you're not going to break the Bible for us. You're not changing what you said to do just because we ask you to. There's times that we need to make some adjustments. Some of us that are sitting in this room right now, you've got us in a place where we have a divine dissatisfaction. And you know there's only one answer to it, and that's you. You're trying to work something in us, and we need to let you do it. Father, everybody in this room, I, I, I know that I'm not trying to put anybody in condemnation, that's for sure, nor, nor am I trying to give the devil an opportunity because he'll always jump on people. You didn't do enough. We know that. But those things in us, we need help. The only person that can help us is you. You're the only one that can jump in there and help us. I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice walks out of here today with a 
revelation of what it means to be a Christian and allow you to develop Jesus inside of us. You're working in our lives. Every day you're working in our lives. Some of the stuff that doesn't make sense, you're working in our lives. Some of the stuff we're praying about, it looks like you're not answering. You heard us, but you're working in our lives. I pray that everybody in this room would just learn. You're God, we're not. You're Lord. What is it we're avoiding? What is it you're saying to us? What is your plan for us? What is your plan for Lisa? What's your plan for Justin? What's your plan for Megan? What's your plan for Chloe? What's your plan? I could put your name in there. You put yours. What is your plan? And I give you the glory and honor for everything and everybody in this room. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.